uh, uh, we've got our speaker who's got uh, trying to have a little breakfast here. So I'm going to filibuster for a few minutes and <clears throat> welcome everybody to, to a new year. We started with a quick prayer on this end. I don't know that you guys got to participate on that end. So I'd like to take just a minute and, and open with a, a longer word of prayer. I see that Jeff has joined us. So uh, we've got two ministers this morning. And um, so um, I'll do my best to, to kick us off with a, a word of prayer for the group. And I apologize that we're still admitting people as people join in, I think, aiming for the, uh, the seven o'clock time. So let's just take a minute and come to, come to the Lord in prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for giving us the presence of mind to be anticipatory for what you're going to do for us today in this year. Thank you for the, the many blessings of last year. Help us see your hand in the things that you can control and understand that sometimes just elude us. Thank you for letting us gather as men to find out what's going on in our lives. Hand is at work in each and every person's life. Help us um, take time today to share that with someone else. Thank you so much for the freedom to be able to wake up early and to, to be with your people. Thank you again for the gifts you gave us last year and for Christmas and reminding us that you came to be amongst us. Not name amen. So I hope you got a, uh, a cup of joe, uh, a glass of water. I'm going to continue to admit people uh, as we've got folks joining in from um, on, on Zoom. Well, good morning. Um, and um, hopefully the ding ding will go away. And um, Bill, that's going to be probably the most important training right now. This is the host computer until I get that one working right. So if you hear a ding ding, you're going to have to admit them or they're going to think that they got left in the waiting room and no one wants to be left in the waiting room if they can no avoid problem. it. Um, so what will uh, the format for this morning has been what we've been doing on Zoom pretty typically. I'll introduce a speaker and uh, the speaker will, uh, after they're sort of done getting us uh, involved in what's been their journey, uh, we'll do breakout sessions and we'll give the chance to have everybody talk about prayer concerns and celebration. And then we'll bring the breakout rooms back together. And when you're going to be in your breakout room, I, you know, elect one leader for them to at least take a few notes. And then um, when we get back together after the breakouts, we will um, have an opportunity to hear what's going on from each of those breakout rooms. Um, I'm grateful to be able to kick off the year with uh, power and warmth at the church. I hope everybody here is recovered from any storm damages. We got a new roof last month. It's not the Christmas present I had. And, but it sure was nice to finally not have rain coming in to a room that was not built for rain. Um, so um, I'm glad to see everybody here this morning. Um, I'd like to introduce our speaker. Um, his namesake is probably uh, worth an explanation in and of itself, but I don't have an explanation. Um, Reverend Bill Floyd is with us this morning. He is one of the newest pastors here at the church. Um, and so um, I, I, I look forward to kind of learning more about the journey that led him to RUC in the year of a pandemic. Um, I know he has had uh, automobiles in his past. I've been listening to the conversations this morning here in the room. And so I think you'll all be intrigued to find out about how his journey has led him to be speaking with us this morning. So uh, with no more introduction than that, let me introduce you to uh, Bill Floyd. Well, no. Glad you didn't uh, <clears throat> read my short bio I gave you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I sat there last night. It took me at least five minutes to run this, write this, and my wife corrected it. Uh, 
My name is Bill Floyd, and I was a used car dealer for probably 30 years, and uh, so I know all about the car business, and uh, I am a native of Atlanta. I was born at Old St. Joseph's Hospital downtown. Uh, I grew up in a section of Atlanta called West End. Uh, my house was on the tour of homes a couple of, years, couple of Christmases ago. Which, which When do you hit? Uh, admit, I got it. I'll take over for a second. Okay, I think I got everybody. If you're in the waiting room, hit ding again. Um, I was raised in the West End Baptist Church, which is now the West Hunter Street Baptist Church. Uh, married a girl from uh, East Point, Carrie Jones. I never had to worry about keeping up with the Joneses because I married them, so that was that was a big help. Uh, we have uh, four children. They're all grown. Uh, they all live in the Atlanta area. I have seven grandchildren. I just had a great grandchild. So uh, my family continues to grow. Uh, interesting fact is my kids begin to get married and have children. And they bring the children over and we would all meet together. It got to be a ride at my house. With 17, 18 people and little kids running everywhere. So I instituted the two-hour route. So I said, you can come over and stay two hours, and then you need to go home. Then when I come to your house, I'll stay two hours, and I'll go home. Would you believe my kids love that? I would hear them over in the corner. I got here at 7 o'clock. I can leave at 8.30. What time did you come? So, so that worked out pretty well. My wife retired from Georgia Tech, DTRI, and um, so we chose Marietta to live in because we, the four children, Carrie could get off easier than I could. I started off my career as a accountant. I worked for Holton Dodge down in Southwest Atlanta as his controller. Then I worked for Ed Boyles as his controller, and Mark Singleton Buick, uh, who Mark was Ed's nephew. Uh, so I ran those the accounting offices for those dealerships at the same time. Then I went to Mitchell Oldsmobile on Peachtree Industrial, and then I ended up at Potemkin Cadillac. Not. Uh, not realizing that uh, that was owned by the New York Mafia till after I had gone to work there. And I began to think at night when I'd hear something rumbling down the road, it would be a cement truck fixing to fit me up with some boots. And I'd end up in the Chattahoochee River. So I, uh, I left there, opened a used car lot in Douglasville, which I did for about 30 years. I uh, first church I had was in Dalton, Georgia, a little bitty church. Very interesting. I, uh, somebody was talking about getting sitting in the wrong seat. Uh, I uh, first Sunday I was there. I was the only I was the only member of my family that came and uh, had a great time. They took me to lunch. Uh, the next Sunday, my wife came. She'd had foot surgery and she sat close to the front. Uh, she didn't do that after that. Uh, and somebody walked over and tapped on the shoulder and said, "That's Miles's seat. You need to move." <laughs> So she gets up and moves. When I introduced her as my wife, they looked a little embarrassed that they had asked her to move. But uh, that was an interesting congregation. One of the ladies who was uh, the uh, lady who was probably the lay leader at that time had been married three times to members of the church. And there were about uh, 25 or 30 members there, and she was related to everybody. So she said, don't talk about any of us. We're all related. So I said, we're good. We won't do that. Before we left, we found out I was the only one not related to somebody. My wife found out that she was related to one of the other families. So uh, close-knit congregation. I was there for eight months. 
And I happened to be driving down 75 coming home. And uh, you know how traffic is on 75. So Wade Green, it was backed up. So we got off on Wade Green Road. We came by Shiloh Methodist Church. And I said, why can't I have a little church like that closer to home? Two weeks later, I had that church. Uh, and I was there for 19 years. Uh, Tom Davis and I are good friends. I served on uh, the Board of Ordain Ministry with Tom, on the executive committee with him. We served on a team together. So I knew Tom a long time, and Tom tried to get me to come to Due West when he was there to start a uh, congregational care ministry, and it never did work out because I had a full-time church. Uh, after Tom left, uh, David Campbell, who is there now, came to me and found out that I was retiring from Shiloh and taught me into coming to do West. And I had been there for two years doing congregational care. I started a program there that is very similar to Stephen ministry, but it's congregational care. Uh, we do a little bit more. Uh, then Tom called me and said, why don't you come to Roswell? It's closer. And I said, I'd love to do that. And we love this church. My wife is crazy about the church and I, enjoyed my time that I've been here so far. The staff is fantastic, and uh, this is a great place to be. Y'all know because you're here. Going back to my faith journey, how did I get from a used car dealer to a preacher? Uh, that's an interesting story. I, um, I joined the Baptist Church uh, when I was 12 years old, walked down the aisle, and uh, accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior and felt the call at that time. But I ran as fast and hard as I could from that call. Uh, I was shy, didn't feel comfortable being in front of people. Uh, I grew up in a boarding house that my grandmother ran in West End because I had an invalid sister that my mother had to look after full time. She lived to be 27. And after my sister died, uh, my mother began to drink and my daddy always drank because he didn't have a marriage because uh, my mother devoted 24 seven to Patricia. So I went to work at age 14 uh, and my kids loved this at Kirkland's drugstore. And I told my kids growing up, I was a soda jerk today. I'm just a jerk. So you'll have to excuse the way I act, but I uh, went to work early and figured out that what I do best is I'm a caregiver. And, uh, that's the thing that I do enjoy. I love to be able to do things for other people. If you're sick, I don't mind coming and being there with you. I get great joy out of serving you in any way I can, hold your hand in the hospital, visit you, bring you food, whatever you need. So caregiving is one of the things I learned early on and one of the things I do enjoy. So when I hit 60, God hit me in the back of the head with a two by four and said, You've been slipping off long enough. It's time. So I went to my preacher and I said, I want to, I want to go into the ministry. So I did all the stuff you have to do and uh, went through uh, the course of study at Emory. They've got a great program. If you're over 35 and you don't want to be an ordained elder, you just want a church and be a pastor, you can go through that program. So I went, did that and went to school while I had a church, did the five-year course in four uh, today, my wife sits on the back row of the church. Uh, she corrected some of my papers that I had to do for Emory. She uh, said, you know, if you know, if you get too far left, I'm running out the back door and go to the Baptist church. So I had to be careful what I said when uh, we were at Shiloh. Uh, Shiloh was great 
great time for me. We, uh, Kira went to school with uh, a guy who writes articles from the Marietta Daily Journal, and his name is Dick Yarborough. And when I went to the church, I taught a Bible study called Experiencing God. And out of that Bible study, one of the guys came to me and said, God is leading me. We need to start a food pantry here. Well, we had a little church, no money, no facility, just nothing. I said, okay, let's pray about it. Well, we talked about it within the congregation and the Bible study group. And about two weeks later, one of the ladies who owns a, uh, it's called Antiques and Glass. It's an antique shop in the middle of Kennesaw. Called my wife and said, do you believe in miracles? And Carrie said, sure, why? Well, my postman just stopped by and wanted to know if we'd like to have the food they pick up from the post office delivered to the church. And I said, yes. So the food pantry started like that. At uh, one time, and probably still now, we feed about 300 families a month out of that little church. Uh, I also started a pumpkin patch there, and we were known as the Pumpkin Patch Ministry. But uh, Dick Yarbrough came out to look at the food pantry and to uh, interview me. And since he and Kerry <coughs> went to school together, they had some stuff they'd love to talk about, about East Point. But at the very end of that, he uh, asked me a question. Why didn't you give up? the used car lot. And I said, well, I figured out that uh, Jesus had a lot better warranty than the used cars I sold. He said, that'll preach. And it will. Uh, in the used car business, I used to kid people and say, we've got a New York warranty. And they say, what is, what is a New York warranty? And I said, on my cars, when you drive it over the curb and it breaks in half, I guarantee you can have both halves. Go ahead and laugh. Everybody laughs at that. Uh, so anyway, I, uh, have enjoyed the ministry. It is the best job I have ever had. Uh, I love people. Uh, I love what I do. Uh, the people at Roswell have been phenomenal. Uh, my problem today is I do the same thing at Due West that I do here. Uh, Due West had me appointed there, so I'm sort of at Due West till this June, and I'm there on Mondays and Wednesdays, and I'm here at Roswell on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And uh, so hopefully after June, I will be here more, and I will only have one church and congregation to care for, which would be good. We've lived in Indian Hills for 47 years. Uh, we moved up here when I went to work for Ed Bowles. Um, I, uh, I have two kids that are, have my blood type, and they have caused us all kinds of problems. I have two children <laughs> with my wife's blood type, and they are laid back really good cool kids so uh you can tell who's a troublemaker in my family but god has been good to us in so many ways uh he has uh protected me uh blessed me more than i deserve and i am just uh excited to be here and serve him and this congregation any questions people always have questions so i know there's a due west church is there a due east church here at the conference no there is no due east church that i'm aware of uh, unfortunately, there were probably uh, five shallow churches mm -hmm. in North Georgia, and I would, uh, it's really funny, uh, my name, Bill Flores, on the uh, marquee out front, and this guy came in, and he said, 
Bill Floyd, you baptized me as a baby, and I want you to baptize my child. And I said, you got the wrong Bill Floyd. But he ended up letting me baptize the child and uh, ended up joining the church. Uh, funny story being Bill Floyd is uh, the uh, bishop and I were good friends. I was in the Emmaus community. I served on the Emmaus board for 10 years. I was chairman and was on the founding board of the King's Retreat and uh, was the treasurer of the uh, community at that time. And uh, I knew the bishop through the Emmaus community and uh, he liked cars. Knowing I was a used car dealer, he called me and said, would you take me to the auction? I need to buy a car for me and one for my wife. So I got to uh, go to the auction with the bishop and the bishop came out to the church and did a program for, for us and uh, about the Emmaus community. But when I would call the bishop's office, okay. uh, they'd say, who's calling? I say, Bill Floyd. Ah, oh, Reverend Floyd, I'm sure he'd be glad to talk to you anytime now. And I said, wrong Bill Floyd. I'm the other Bill Floyd. So within the conference, I have gotten to be known as the other Bill Floyd. So uh, it's been sort of interesting. Uh, after I got here, Nancy had left me a big notebook, a big list of people that I need to contact. So I began, <laughs> I began to call these people and say, this is Bill Floyd. So, you know, how you doing? I'm new at Roswell. Just call and let you know I'm here. Is there anything I can do for you? How you? Well, as soon as I hung up from this one particular lady, she calls Susan and says, you need to do something about your phone service. Somebody's calling saying that they're Bill Floyd, and I know he's no longer with us. <laughs> so I had to call her back and say, no, I am Bill Floyd, and I'm the one still alive and kicking. So it's uh, it's been interesting having Bill Floyd's name and uh, being here at the church. Um, I don't know what else I can tell y'all about me and my faith journey, except that uh, there have been several miracles in my life that uh, let me know how much God does love me and care about me. Uh, my wife has something called fibrocystic disease, and uh, she felt a lump in one of her breasts, and they thought maybe it was cancerous, and we went to St. Joseph's Hospital, and it was during the Christmas season, and this is unheard of. The nurse let us go Christmas shopping. Didn't keep her in the hospital that night. She said, have her home have her home here by 11 o'clock. So we did. And got there the next morning and got ready for the surgery. And the surgeon came in. And there was a really sweet pastor at Mount Zion. Uh, Carrie and I were members at Mount Zion Methodist Church on Johnson Ferry for 27 years. And... I cooked the meals for the youth group. That's why I like the kitchen so much. And uh, was a youth counselor there for 17 of me, 70. I've taught every Bible study known to man. So anybody that needs Bible study, talk, call me. because I. But anyway, the, the preacher there was Grady Wigley. Uh, that was when Mount Zion had just very small. And uh, uh, Grady came to the uh, hospital to be with me while Carrie went to surgery and Surgeon came in, felt her breast, felt the lump. Grady prayed for her that uh, she would be healed and it would be okay. And right during the middle of the operation, the surgeon woke Carrie up and said, show us again where that lump is. And Carrie did. And he said, it's gone. It's not there. Talk about, gives me cold chills thinking about <laughs> it. But uh, that was a miracle that we will never forget, showing how much God cared for us, like he does everybody. He loves all these children. Hey, Jason, did you call me yesterday? This is we, uh, 
We uh, have uh, had a wonderful 57-year marriage. I put 54 on this and Carrie corrected and she said, you don't even know how long we've been married. Uh, I have lots of funny stories. Carrie and I at the church were like George Burns and Gracie Allen. At my first church in Dalton, I will tell you one or two little funny stories and then I'll quit, do this when it's time to quit. Uh, preachers up in North Georgia all play the guitar and sing. Well, I sang in the choir. And uh, so they kept saying, you know, we used to have preachers singing. Aren't you going to sing for us? So I brought me a performance tape and brought it to the church and uh, went over there and I plugged the tape in and it started. Went over and grabbed the mic and quit. Went over there and plugged it in again, got the mic, went out of the center, got ready and quit again. Quit three times on me. So I looked at Carrie and I said, are you embarrassed yet? She said, no, I'm not the one making a fool out of myself. Of course, that, all the congregation started laughing and uh, it worked the fourth time, but they never asked me to sing again. So I'm glad I, I'm glad I got that over with. Uh, another sweet thing that happened to me in that church, and I, when I teach a class on congregational care, I always tell my students, always err on the side of grace. We were in a Sunday school class, and my one usher came down to get me and said, there's a lady upstairs, and she is weeping and wants to see you. So I went up there and uh, to uh, talk to her, and she told me her daddy fought in World War II and was at home, was dying, and he wanted to be baptized, and they belonged to the Baptist church. And she said, I've been to both Baptist churches up here in Dalton. They will baptize him if we will bring him to the church. They will not do it at home. Would you do this for us? And I thought about it, being in school and just being licensed. I was not supposed to do that. I could do it for a member of the church, but I couldn't do it for anybody outside the church. So I said, I will, my wife and I will come to your place right at the church. So Kenny and I went down the road and they lived the third trailer at the back of the uh, lot. And I went in and Mr. Holden was in a hospital bed, really sweet man and told me that uh, he had accepted Christ as his savior years ago but had been in the war and had never had the opportunity to get baptized and would I do that for him so I said yes and I was supposed to call the DS to get permission but he was out of town so had no permission uh, and I said next Saturday we will come and I'll bring a couple of members for the church with me so I came and there must have been 50 people packed into this trailer and uh, there were his children and grandchildren and friends, and we did a baptism for him. That has been the highlight of my memory, my ministry. And uh, when the DS got back, I told him what I did, and he said, you did always there on the side of grace. So uh, that has been one of my mottos. If I'm unsure of what I'm supposed to be doing, I'll err on the side of grace to make people uh, know how much Jesus loves it. But thank you. I'm not going to drag on. Uh, I don't know y'all well enough to tell some of the really funny stories that happened during the uh, my congregational time. Uh, seriously, Carrie and I would banter back and forth like George Burns and Gracie Allen, except she always had the funny lines, and we have left the congregation rolling in the aisles, uh, laughing at us from time to time, and uh, it always happened. I read people being a child of an alcoholic to see if they're bored or listening. And if the congregation looked like they were a little bit bored, I would tell a family funny story. And then I'd look at Carrie and she'd be doing this. And I'd say, can I go home with anybody out there today? And then they'd all start laughing. I could go back to my sermon because I had their attention again. So 
but thank you for letting me come today. I hope I haven't scared you off and uh, look forward <laughs> to being with you again and uh, look forward to continuing to meet all the great people here at Roswell. Got one more question for you. Okay. It is often covered by someone in speaking at men's breakfast. Okay. Your wife did not know she was marrying. Oh, no. How did you know Carrie? Uh, <laughs> that's also a funny story. Uh, Carrie was dating my best friend, uh, and uh, I was working at that time at the Edge of Atlanta Motel. And this was during the time when they had closed all the pools in the Atlanta area. And uh, so my friends would come to the motel and use the motel swimming pool. So I had, knowing Pat, I had given Pat a room and Carrie a room. Didn't realize they were adjoining rooms. And uh, so that's how I met Carrie. And we were at a Sunday school class at Mount Zion. And you would write down, how did you meet your wife? Nobody ever guessed that I met her in a hotel while she was dating my best friend. Needless to say, uh, we were over at another friend's house about a week or two later, and I said, you want to go out Friday night? And she said, sure. Pat just laughed. He thought we were joking. Got home. I called her. I said, I wasn't kidding. She said, I wasn't either. And she never went out with Pat again. And needless to say, he quit being my best friend. Interesting. That's a romantic, if not a socially involved. Yeah, well, there's more romantic. When, uh, our favorite restaurant in Atlanta is the Varsity. Because we were sitting on the launching pad and we'd been dating about three and a half years. And she just got through telling me she had, was taking classes at Georgia Tech and how good looking all the boys were in that class because uh, she was giving up on me. But I was looking at two alcoholic parents and she did not know that. And I, so after she told me about all the boys in the class, I said, well, I guess it's about time we got married. She said, I thought you never would ask. <laughs> so. No, no candle lights, no path with roses, just, you know, I think it's about time. So uh, we try to go get a grease fix at the varsity at least uh, once a week. That's why my joints are in such good working wow. order. So, but uh, thank you again. Any other questions? I don't know. They may have questions after their breakout. Thank you for being with us this morning, Bill. Uh, <laughs> thank you for the invitation. I, uh, when, my, when my daughter started Georgia Tech and she finished her first uh, semester and she came home and she said, well, dad, I've learned a couple of things about Georgia Tech in the first semester. She said the, the odds are good, the goods are odd. And so um, I am always glad to see someone uh, who has uh, eaten more at the varsity than they probably should. Um, we're going to do breakout sessions here for a few minutes and give people a chance to connect and catch up. And then we'll come back together. So as you are put into a breakout session, and I don't know if I can do it from this computer if I have to sit back down to do it, um, I want you to elect somebody to be your you know, spokesperson. And uh, we'll, we'll take about five or 10 minutes uh, and you'll get a warning right when the breakout sessions are coming back together. Then we'll get back together and share uh, what's been going on uh, from each table. So let's see if I can do this from this computer or if I'm going to... Uh, no, let me sit down and do it from a computer with more buttons. Give, be right back. We'll break you up. I'm learning a lot from Charlie Rogers, run meeting and do all the electronics all at the same time. So I'm channeling my inner Charlie Rogers. One more second. <laughs> I know it's never a good sign when we see the internet as stable. Never a good sign. Hey, Eric, while you're struggling with that, uh, may I ask Bill a question? Please. Thank you, Mark. Certainly. Um, Bill, I'm a Stephen Minister, and I'd, I'd like to hear you tell us what you expect your involvement with 
RUMC Stephen Ministry to be or what you know it will be? Anything along those lines? Sure. Um, I was a Stephen minister 30 years ago at Mount Zion, and uh, my wife is also a Stephen minister. I am taking uh, the Stephen Leader courses, and I will be heavily involved in Stephen ministry here, uh, doing what Nancy did, uh, probably recruiting uh, Stephen ministers, training Stephen ministers, doing that, that type job here. Um, I also uh, had talked to Tom about those Stephen ministers that are retiring, trying to get them to do congregational care, which is very similar to Stephen ministry. You just, instead of having long-term commitments in congregational care, you have short-term commitments. Uh, if uh, this virus ever lets go of us, we, um, a congregational care minister, but some of the Stephen ministers do it here. Once a pastor has done a pastoral visit in a hospital or a home, a congregational care minister will start doing the visits. We'll uh, make sure when they get home that they have meals uh, or anything else they may need. And once they're well back to work, back to church, then they close that case and I will assign them uh, somebody else. So they're short-term assignments, which people like. Um, in Stephen ministry, you may have a care receiver. My wife had one for 18 months. Uh, sometimes you have them for two or three years, and that's a once a week commitment for the length of time that they're needed or they need you. Does that answer your question, I hope? Sure, it does. Thank you very okay. much. But I am uh, excited about what the Stephen ministers do here, and uh, there's a lot of you out there, and I appreciate what y'all do very much. Well, let me try opening the breakout rooms and give people, uh, you know, five or six to uh, catch up. I'm going to have to practice this dance. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> when they were. But there's something about person. In these days, I think we need to force ourselves to have safe in-person meetings. Yeah. Because the that. only way we're ever going to get back to whatever the new normal is. So the other thing is with these masks, you can't get no facial expression. That's true. You walk by somebody in the grocery store, you don't know if they're giving you a smile. Oh, the pressure was on. Smiling. Oh, my <laughs> word. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I feel bad for my grandchildren. Uh, my youngest, or my son Michael got married late and had a hard time having children, but I've still got a three-year-old and a seven, and the three-year-old's got red hair and she's Irish. Knows how to throw a good temper tantrum. Uh, they will grow up not knowing what it's like. That be in public, you know, and that's sad for them or school or, or to not be in school, whatever the case. Well, the other thing ever, my daughter teaches at high school, and uh, our, my two grandkids are both in high school. Mm. But uh, a lot of the neighbors in our neighborhood have kids that should have gone to kindergarten that they held them out mm -hmm. because of the pandemic, which I would have done. Mm -hmm. But now the word is next year or whenever this ends, the kindergartens are going to be way overcrowded. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. So it all just, I think my granddaughter, freshman in high school, basically missed freshman education yeah. as a high school. We've got nieces and nephews who graduated high school who are trying to start college and who graduated college and are trying to start life. And there's just, there's no, there's no, the place that they were planning to go is not, doesn't exist right now. Well, I'm, I'm really appreciative that you guys would be here this morning. Mitchell, it's good to see you. Parents, um, school, there's no uh, program.
programs when you are the kids eat lunch and mm -hmm. now in addition to parents one has to stay home and work but now everybody's working at home mm -hmm. and so i got two eight-year-old and six-year-old my neighbors i come over work they go out to greet me so i sit with them because mom's working and she's talking talking on the phone looking at me outside so i said they hang out hang out with me because mom's working and um it's hard for them because they got time on their hands and they do have two tutorial sessions so our movie schedule is scheduled for um saturday we hang out but uh it's a different change is good the change in time because uh you know we had we had after school stuff and the kids were cool we didn't have to feed them exactly now the young ones have passed out time but it's their time I mean, imagine growing up without going to the movie theater is like your first date, right? That was the, you know, your parents might have dropped you off, but you met somebody there. So it's going to be a disruption here for a little oh, while. It is. I mean, we went last week. Did you? What did you see? Uh, Are you allowed to say? Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I, took, I took grandkids with us. We yeah. made, a, made a big deal out of it. It was good. And I think there were 20 people in the wow. So you could have all the separation you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, don't buy any food. Yeah, right. They they even say if you need to bring your own stuff enough. Well, I my my I have a December birthday and last year the birthday activity that we did was to go see the Star Wars. I, and they had Darth Vader people. It was a they really turned up the it was the area fifty minutes. So it was an incredible movie going experience. Did I have any idea it would be the last movie experience that I would go see with and so uh, no. I mean so the one thing I will, you know, remind everybody, you never know when it's the last time to do something that you take for granted, right? Mm -hmm. The last time you come to church, and I can't do this, right? Kevin was here with his family on, on Sunday, and I was like, he's here with his, you know, what's what's the what's the safety amount of space? We were in a chapel, a place where we used to be able to let our hair down, and yet you feel guarded. And, you know, when you can't tell what somebody's really thinking with just their eyes, it, it really changes our space. And so... We're going to learn to be more attuned to each other because you have to be deliberate about it. Um, other prayer concerns? Uh, I think just for our nation. I mean, yesterday, I mean, maybe I'm bringing in the politics card here, but I mean, it's completely bizarre. Even in my short two years of life, that's, that's so bizarre. And so I think just for our nation. Yeah. It looks like we got news coming from another country that we watch. Why did they behave that way? Yeah. Only it's coming from our country. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Bill, I'm going to close the breakout rooms here in just a minute. Let each person, one per, from each group, sort of share. Would you be willing to close us out at, with prayer at the end? You asking a preacher that? I, you know, <laughs> um, I'm a preacher. What am I going to say? No, I'm not going to do that. Well, <laughs> so, no, not today. If anyone can say <laughs> I'm no, I'm already this week. <laughs> so I'll, I'll hopefully this will go more smoothly than that, but you'll end up back up here at sure. the podium okay. and do that. My uh, TV station business will be closing. Uh, so the, uh, they're still in. I know, it's the church's internet. Wind um, down. Our class is doing in-person and Zoom Sunday school class. Um, Kevin, are you in a Sunday school class that's trying to do both? We, um, yeah, so we're actually trying to make the transition um, to come in person. We've been virtual all this. And then the, the um, whatever it is here, the, the, the preschool youth, whatever. We're, um, I forget what I'm, I'm blanking on it. The dots? No, no, no. So I have, you know, for, like the first through fifth graders, Lauren Tate and, and others lead that program. We were actually going to resume starting this week, oh, yeah. but there was a delay to that further. Yeah. And then I think at least the science school I'm in with children, trying to coordinate um, having and changing our existing, I think, 11 o'clock time to accommodate 
the kids coming back in here for the youth programs. So um, I, I think once we get that timing, we're going to try to come back here in person. And and, and I imagine it will be a hybrid to, to answer your question. Super. Um, I know they're Zooming. I don't know if Bereans is meeting in person. We'll find out here real quickly. Do we have anyone from the Bereans class to say whether or not they're also meeting in person or if the Bereans class is on Zoom? Yeah, Eric, uh, this is Taylor Quarles. Uh, Bereans is meeting in person, uh, but with very few attending thus far. Most everybody's still on Zoom. Are they still in the same room that they've been in? Still in the same room, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, Mitchell was asking. Well, Taylor, since you're speaking, who from your group is going to uh, uh, help us catch up with what's going on? And that was breakout room number one, I believe. Well, it was uh, it was Jeff Ross and myself. And and please tell me your name once again. Our friend from Michigan. You're yep. you're muted. He doesn't have his. Oh, there we go. Uh, Bob Housecamp. Bob Housecamp. So uh, Bob is connected with the Gepharts and. Uh, and of course, if any of you know know them, uh, they're heavily involved in the car business also. So some of our conversation uh, centered around uh, around cars. Bob is in in the car business also. Hard to believe. So, yeah. So uh, it was a little bit of get to know you and uh, and just discussing uh, things going on that uh, that we're all been dealing with. Uh, he had a prayer request that we all shared in. Bob did. Eric. Yes, sir. Do you know anything about Steve LeBlanc? I do not know anything about Steve LeBlanc. Um, I know he had a surgery that was right after our last breakfast. Yeah, and no, he had. it was this week, and I just wondered if anybody had found out his, how he was doing. So Steve LeBlanc getting, what, a new knee or something like that? It was planned. Yes, yeah, yes, Eric. He had a knee replacement. All right. Up with him. Um, who, who, we need who, to all <laughs> check in on him and, and give him best wishes, I think. That'd be super. Um, so, who, who from room two? That was uh, David Hills, Mark Kramer, Roger Davis, and Stan Woolley. Well, I'm yeah. glancing. I'm unmuted, so I'll, I'll take the lead for group two. Um, specific comment that we made toward the end is we loved when Bill said he's to err on the side of grace. Um, I loved the way his baptism story went. I thought it was tragic that two Baptist churches said they would not do it unless he got there in person. Um, and I also loved the fact that he um, chose to go ahead and baptize and ask for forgiveness rather than permission because baptizing that gentleman was the right to do. And I would have hoped that his the person who oversees him would have said so, but I'm just thrilled that he baptized first and then said, oh, by the way, so a great example of doing the right thing, even if it wasn't the right thing by the letter of the law. Um, and then I'd like to ask this group, uh, I know um, Roger Davis is going to do some research for me, but can anybody tell me who the current chair of RUMC's mission committee is? Does anybody know that? I know Marion would know, but I'm not sure myself. I think my, my daughter, Mary, has been in contact with them, so Cammie's going to scold me for not remembering who it was. Well, we won't tell Cammie, and uh -huh. just for the record, I happen to be asking because I I know a young lady who's going to be a missionary, and as she says, Chile for four years, and I wanted to make sure the RUMC mission committee knew about that, so 
sounds like Mary is carrying the baton on her behalf, which <coughs> we're very excited. Um, from room three, wow, we, two. Jerry, John, and Mark. I'm I'm sorry, I can't read your uh, Zoom name. Lindy. Yeah, that uh, I'll I'll talk for him. Uh, John, Liam, and and I, uh, Jerry, uh, met together. Uh, Jerry was a, a little bit limited today in that he does not have a mic or a camera, but he can hear us. Uh, okay. So so he's uh, he's communicating via chat. Oh, that. Uh, Took us a little while to discover that it works. John, uh, we, we had a little discussion about a computer problem he's having. And for myself, it was an opportunity to meet meet uh, these two gentlemen that I have never met before and, and get to know them a bit. So it was a good, good uh, breakout session. Well, it's totally okay to share email addresses and phone numbers and, and your breakout tables just the way you would. If there's ever a prayer concern or an email that you want to have directly with me, you can do a, a private chat or you can do a chat to the group and I'm happy to follow up between breakfast. Uh, so, you know, that's, uh, I'm so glad that you guys got to meet each other uh, this morning. And, and from room number four is Larry, Sandy, and Steve. It's okay. actually Barney because I'm, I'm using Sandy's laptop. We're out of town. So that's why. Did you guys have any celebrations or prayer concerns you wanted to bring to the group? I'll share a prayer concern. Uh, uh, a longtime member of the church and uh, certainly our Sunday school, CUC, Jim Adcock, uh, is very, very sick. Uh, he's uh, had numerous surgeries and recently had hip, hip, uh, hip, hip surgery. And, uh, and then he had a, just uh, very recently, he had a fall where he suffered a brain bleed and he's having surgery, uh, I guess, late yesterday. And uh, he's got, now he, he has COVID-19. Uh, so obviously we, we are all very, very concerned for Jim and Lynn Adcock, whom many of you know or remember as longtime treasurer of the church. And God bless her and uh, you know the Adcocks and uh, they've been in lockdown for a long time in senior home. So just uh, pray for uh, Lynn and Jim Adcock uh, and hope some, some, somehow he can uh, return. Well, thank you. Eric, I do have a celebration that I'd like to say something about. Go ahead. Um, Sandy and I will celebrate on February 4th, our 65th wedding anniversary. And so wow. we're very pleased that we're still together and still vertical. That is amazing. 65 years of marriage. Well, I'll bring one prayer concern from uh, the group that's here in the room. Um, John Marillo is a, a choir member. He spoke at Men's Breakfast sometime uh, probably in 2019. And um, he, um, you might see him on the front row of the choir. He is the, the best dressed tenor. He always has on a coat and tie. He's always dressed to the nines. And um, I forget which day it was this week, but he was climbing up in the attic. He fell. Um, he is now doing, he's coming up from the hospital today, I believe. But they had a very scary week. He has a skull fracture um, and is already in a situation where bleeding is a, a, a concern. So it is an answered prayer, really, that he, you know, is coming home from the hospital so quickly and that it was not a more debilitating. And so uh, the Murillo family has been through a, a scare this week that I'm sure put their Christmas gatherings in a different light. Um, and so, um, you know, uh, we're, we're celebrating the fact that he's coming home. He sang on Sunday and I had no idea I might be seeing him for the last time. And I will think about that a little differently when I see him next. Um, so Bill, I'm gonna turn it back over to you to wind us up here with prayer and. Uh, I've written some notes here, but I probably can't read them right now. Okay, let's pray. 
Most gracious and loving God, we thank you always for the opportunity to gather as your children to be together, to share our prayer concerns, to have fellowship. I thank you that uh, we're able to meet some in person, but some on this uh, Zoom uh, that uh, has become so important to us to stay close together. We lift up to you those that uh, are sick, uh, knowing that you're the great physician and you are the great healer. And we ask for healing for Jim and for the choir member that uh, fell recently and for anybody else within the church that is suffering. We ask you to uh, guard and protect us as a nation as we go through these unsettling times. Lord, help us to turn our face back to you so that you will heal our land, that we can once again be one nation under God. During this time, Lord, we thank you for your presence with us. We know you walk with us, beside us every day and all that we do, and that nothing is going to happen to us today that you and I won't be able to handle. Thank you for this group again. Thank you for the invitation. Bless this church and all those that are present here in person and on Zoom. And we ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate everybody being able to attend this morning. We look forward to getting together next month.